The following was recorded live as part of homeschool.com's 2005 homeschooling teleconference. To order additional recordings, visit www.homeschool.com or send an email to orders at homeschool.com. So uh, let me go into conference mode and introduce our next guest. I'm very honored. Um, thank you very much for being with us. Our next guest is Wally, or we all we know him as Famous Amos. And so uh, most people go through life as if they were living out the movie Groundhog Day, one day at a time, same thing every day, never breaking the cycle. Then there are those people who wake up every day with a mission to live out their dreams and to inspire others to connect with their potential. Wally Amos is one of those people, a man with a mission. Uh, we had a survey at homeschool.com recently of 10,000 people. We asked them the biggest challenge they were having with their homeschooling. Uh, we expected it to be uh, related to something having to do with academics, like they're having a challenge with math. But really, uh, the biggest challenge facing homeschoolers today, according to the survey, is um, time management, organization, and motivation. And isn't it really all about motivating the kids? So today, uh, Wally is going to speak with us about how to motivate your kids to become lifelong learners. <laughs> and before we start on the interview, Wally, would you tell us a little bit about your uh, history? You have a fascinating history, and I don't want to... I don't want to minimize that by um, telling your story myself. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your famous cookies? Well, how far back do you want me to go? Well, you definitely have to cover the chocolate chip cookies because that's my favorite. Uh, well, I, I, I launched famous famous 30 years ago in Hollywood, California. Um, prior to that, I was in show business. I'd been an agent at the William Morris office for seven years. I was a personal manager in show business for seven years, and had never really had any retail experience and also a high school dropout had no strong educational foundation either. But I loved chocolate chip cookies and I believed that I could sell the ones that I'd been making for five years. So March 10th, 1975, I opened the first store in the world to exclusively sell chocolate chip cookies. It was a good product, uh, it was a good promotion, and that's a great combination when you can put that together. Uh, people responded, they bought the cookies, they loved them, they told their friends about it. I was on television, the media, the media is always looking for something interesting and exciting to latch on to, and so I was it. And it was a good ride, and to some degree I'm still on that ride because I'm now getting ready to open up another cookie store. I lost Famous Famous in 1989, and um, Kellogg's owns the company now. During the interim, I started a muffin company called Uncle Wally's, and that company is doing very well, and we're selling cookies in Sam's Clubs and Walmarts and Costco's, etc. And so um, now it's 30 years later, and I have this really strong desire to get back into the cookie business. So we're launching August 28th here in Hawaii, in Kailua, Hawaii, which is where I live, uh, Chip and Cookie, C-H-I-P-A-N-D-C-O-O-K-I-E. The two chocolate chip cookie character dolls. Anyone interested in knowing more or seeing the characters obviously can go online. Everybody's got a website these days. I'm no different. And the website is Chip and Cookie. The and has to be spelled out. ChipandCookie.com, and we're having a grand opening in Hawaii, August 28th. Everybody's invited. Now, one of your passions is uh, literacy, and you've been using your name recognition and your fame, if you will, 
to uh, promote uh, literacy around the country. That's correct, and I will continue to do so with Chip and Cookies. As a matter of fact, I shifted my focus from adults to children, and with Chip and Cookie, we are promoting children's literacy. We are promoting specifically reading out loud because um, we believe, well, we don't believe, we know that there are tremendous benefits reading out loud that have been uh, substantiated by educators and everyone else involved in that arena. So Chip and Cookie are ambassadors of reading, and we have formed a foundation, the Chip and Cookie Read Aloud Foundation, and we're using the foundation also to promote reading aloud. We will contribute 10% of our uh, net earnings from the company to the foundation, so that the foundation will be able to continue their work also. And that's just to show my commitment. I mean, if you say you support something, then you got to really, it's important to put your money where your mouth is. Now, the dolls and the book are available at cookiesarelove.com. Yeah, right? they're at cookiesarelove.com. So, www.cookiesarelove.com. Now, while you've received... Um, some very impressive honors and awards. For example, I know that you received the President's Award for Entrepreneurial Excellence. Yes. You also received the Horatio Alger Award, and now that is an award given to a very selective group of people who are changing the world with their philanthropy. Is that correct? Well, what we do, uh, well, first of all, to be selected as a member of Horatio Alger, you, you, you've got to have some history of, of being philanthropic, of giving back to the community. But the Horatio Alger, every year we give a scholarship. Uh, we give over $500,000 in scholarships to students who otherwise would not be able to go to college. Uh, so it's a group of people who, who, who believe in the, uh, in the American free enterprise system and who have made great successes by utilizing that system. And you've also received the National Literacy Honors Award. That was wonderful. That was in the White House. I think, I think that was 1988. I lose track of when these things happen. But I think it was 1988, and that was in the White House. And um, George H. Bush was president, and I'd done a lot of literacy work with Barbara anyway. And so they had a wonderful ceremony, and um, uh, George Bush presented the National Literacy Honors Award to me uh, for my work with literacy. It was, you know, I had a history of 26 years of, of promoting adult literacy. I was national spokesperson for Literacy Volunteers of America. And, um, there, there, at one time, there were 50 half-hour shows that were airing or that I hosted that um, helped adults learn how to read or get their GED. I'm still on the board of uh, Communities and Schools and the National Center for Family Literacy, so I'm I'm still involved with, you know, uh, literacy organizations, uh, organizations that are involved with education. Now, you're also a well-known motivational speaker, and if you don't mind, I'd like to list out some of the uh, books that you've written. That's fine. Let me say one thing. I, I refer to myself now as an inspirational speaker as opposed to a motivational speaker. Uh, I even gave myself a title as a, a messenger of inspiration. I heard a speaker, Lance, Secretan, who said that, you know, there are many ways to motivate someone. You can uh, coerce them, you can threaten them, you can bribe them. But the reality is there's only one way to inspire someone, and you have to get inside of them. You have to light a fire 
within them. And that is my goal. Uh, sometimes I don't know whether I succeed or not. But more often than not, after I give a talk or, or spend time with people, they will share with me that, that they perhaps were uh, slightly inspired by, uh, by my presentation. So right. I, I want to inspire people. Uh, I'd like to take a moment, if you don't mind, to list the title of the books that you've written. Because mm -hmm. I, I, our uh, listeners are huge book readers, as you can imagine. Yes. Um, the famous Amos story, The Face That Launched a Thousand Ships. That was my very first book in 1983. Love the title. Mm -hmm. uh, the Power in You, Ten Secret Ingredients to Inner Strength. Mm -hmm. uh, Man with No Name, Turn Lemons into Lemonade. That was when famous Amos sued me over ownership of my name. And I wrote that book... Uh, I was a little bit into the lawsuit uh, while I was—I mean, I wrote that book while I was being sued to show people it's not really important what happens to you; it's how you respond to what happens. But what happens to you that makes all the difference in the world. Isn't that absolutely true? Because you can't control what other people do; you can no. only control how you choose to respond to it. No question about it. Uh, watermelon magic: seeds of wisdom, slices of life. That book is about choice. It's about. You know, there's a great stereotype among blacks, and that is that if you're black and you eat watermelon, that you're lazy, you're shiftless, and all of that stuff. And for years, I said, well, why, why is that? Why, first of all, did black, did watermelon choose black folks to, 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 to put that stereotype on? And the reality wasn't watermelon that said that. It was a group of whites at one time that told maybe one black person, a group of black people, that, hey, look at you, you, you took a picture of them, showed them the picture, and look how silly you look. And, you know, watermelon's great. I'm eating some this morning. I, I went up to the North Shore yesterday, and they got a roadside stand there that they sell water. They sell the most delicious watermelon in the world, Kahuku watermelon. I bought one for me and one for a friend. And um, so that, that book is about, uh, Watermelon Magic is about choice. It's about you being responsible for the choices that you make and not allowing other people to tell you what to choose. A stereotype is someone else's opinion of who you are. And once you put that stereotype up to the light, it dissolves into, no, into nothingness. And your fifth book is called uh, The Cookie Never Crumbles, Inspirational Recipes for Everyday Living. <laughs> cookie Never Crumbles. I tell people that, that you know, there's that saying, oh, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think that's the meaning to cookies. Cookie never crumbles, and it might be, if it, if, it, if, it, if it gets crushed, well, you just got smaller pieces of cookie, you know, but, but each cookie still tastes great. Each piece still tastes fantastic. And, um, you put them all together, and you can once again have a whole cookie. So, the cookie never crumbles. Life is never really what it seems. It's always more. Oh, that's lovely. Now, where do we get a hold of these books? Uh, Amazon.com, or do you uh, have you a different You can go website? to WallyAmos.com. Ah, W-A-L-L-Y-A-M-O-S dot com. Yes, they can be ordered from my website. Oh, that's excellent. Thank so you. let's, let's talk then, um, how to use, um, how to motivate your kids to become lifelong learners. Okay, in yes. your opinion then, may I call you Wally? Is that what you like to be known as? Yes, that's what everybody calls me. Um, what are the top five steps a parent can take on a daily basis to motivate their kids to love to learn? Well, you know, um, I had a, I was going through Costco yesterday, and um, a gentleman named Theotis who worked there, he stopped me, and because you know I'm known here, I'm getting ready to open this new chip and cookie store, and I've been involved with literacy, and 
and now I'm, I'm very much involved with children's literacy. So people see me and they they, they, they kind of think I have the answers, and I'm 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 flattered that some of them would think so. But I don't know that I really I don't I don't have any definitive answers for people. But he asked me, you know, he's got a son who's eight years old, and he's having problems getting his son interested in reading books or reading anything. And he said he's tried everything that that he's. I said, well, you know, find books that 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 interests him. He said, well, he's tried that. Um, uh, so I mean, I was I was really kind of stymied, and I'm going to have to research this a little bit more because I've got a grandson also who is very very bright. He's an A student, but he also is not really a bookworm. He's not really sold on reading a lot of books. But my wife came up with an idea that I think one thing that might work is setting aside a time. Because reading, first of all, is the foundation, you know, and reading aloud in particular. Reading aloud, it develops language skills, it improves listening comprehension. But you, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to, to the choir here because this audience knows all of those things. But, 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 but my, my wife, as we took our walk this morning, suggested that maybe, maybe reading aloud to that eight-year-old every day at a prescribed time for just maybe a minimum of ten minutes a day. Picking a book, or picking a book with the subject matter that the child is interested in, and 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 if you do that, hopefully, eventually, you know, the child will will become interested and and and, and want to begin reading also. But I I think that children pattern behavior of their parents. Now, and 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 uh, the gentleman yesterday shared with me that he had not been a great reader, so he. Had not been a great reader as a, as a as a child, so he's not a wonderful reader as an adult. So, if his son maybe saw him reading more, because Ralph Waldo Emerson says, "Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying." <laughs> so the idea is to become the example that you wish others to follow, not to preach to them and not to think in terms of motivating them, because motivation is it's it, 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 it's from the inside, you know. You, it, I mean. You can't. As I say, said earlier, you can you can bribe someone, or you can threaten them, or coerce them um, into in, into doing what it is that you want to do. But but that is short term. So you you have to really search for that for that secret button that will unleash the desire that a kid wishes uh, has inside of him or her that um, uh, uh, will will lead them on to being. Lifelong learners. I saw a girl. I was walking to beach yesterday, and I saw a young lady, a teenager, wearing a T-shirt, and the T-shirt said, "I go to school to socialize." And I thought, what a horrible thing! You know, that's 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 not positive in any regards. And 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 she has she has it totally backwards. You know, she doesn't understand the value of education, and maybe she's it's just a little cute message, and maybe she's being hip or whatever, but I, I I think that as a society, we need to begin to place a stronger emphasis and a stronger value on on education and and connect education to to the future, to the to outcomes, you know, because if you're not educated, then you're headed down a dead end street. So I don't I don't have steps. I don't I don't have I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not an educator myself. Although I've, I've 
you know, I mean, we're all educators to some degree, but, but I have, I've had no training in educating people are in inspiring or motivating them to, to become educated. Um, so one of I, your suggestions then is, um, don't just associate learning with schooling, but recognize that learning and education is daily habits that we develop now and that we take with us for the rest of our lives. But you know, also, Rebecca, to educate, it does not mean to cram a lot of knowledge into your head from books. I, I, I believe that to educate literally means to extract. So the idea is that we are born knowing everything. So then what must occur is we must create an environment that, 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 that will help to stimulate that information, that knowledge that we already have in us to, so that we can pull it out, you know, because, I mean, it, it, it's not just to, to memorize a lot of books because that, that's, that's just developing a strong memory. And, and, and again, if kids are doing something that they are interested in, then they will do more than just memorize the information. The information will become a part of them. I mean, you know, that's, that's true of anyone, not just children. You can't, you can't do things that, that, that you have no interest in doing that you're not really excited about doing. I mean, I'm excited about opening this cookie store now because that's what I love doing. I love starting businesses. Doesn't matter how many hours it takes, how long it takes. I I love what I do and get great satisfaction from it. So I can go on forever and I'm always finding new ways to do it and, and seeing it from different perspectives. And I think if we can excite, if we, if we understand that, that young people need the same excitement in their life, they, they need to be challenged. They need to be doing stuff that first of all they want to do, you know, uh, uh, when, when they're, 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 even, even, even as early as when, when kids are one, two, three years old, when we start reading aloud to them, the first basic is choose a book with the child. Too often we want to do things for children, not realizing that they are capable with proper guidance to do things for themselves. And, and I, I think that's, that's one of the values perhaps of homeschooling. I've known a few people who have homeschooled their children. And it's so motivating to go to their homes, and they have the classroom set up in the house, and and it is it is it is it is just that room or those rooms are dedicated to learning, and the kid knows that, and the, the parents know that, and, and that that's just the way it is. So we're talking about steps a parent can take on a daily best daily basis to motivate their kids to learn, to love learning. So number one is um, reading aloud, read aloud to our child then what would you consider the second step to be? You talked it, about identifying a child's passions, helping them to figure out what it is that they really love to do. Is that one of the steps? But don't you think so? Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Because then your interest and your passion can help carry you through any uh, hurdles or obstacles that you and, come and you've across. you've got to have their attention. If, you, if, 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 if it's something uh, uh, that, that the child is interested in, then you're guaranteed to have their attention. That's excellent. So, uh, so find out what they're interested in learning. Right. What's another step? And are, am I pigeonholing you, pigeonholing you too much by having you have five steps, or is this okay? I don't care. Okay, and it's just kind of handy for listeners because I know they're taking notes. Uh huh. So, what's another step then that we can take? Uh, I think being being a positive example 
be a good example for your child. You know, because too often um, it's do as I say, and it it should be do as I do. Because if your child see that that, that you have interest in reading, if you always read their books and newspapers and magazines all around the house, then obviously your child is going to pick up on it also. Too often parents want to motivate children and inspire children to do things that they're not even doing. So the child says, well, if, if you're not doing it, why should I want to do it? It's so, so true. But, but, but so so it, it, it's being the example. But it, it's also doing things with your children. You know, I mean, if you want your child to be a learner and, and you, you've identified some subjects or some, some areas that the child is interested in pursuing, then find out where information about those subjects are in the community and spend time with your child. Take your child there so that you know, there can be some, some, some hands-on stuff also, uh, and, 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 and show, show practical applications of what it is. Because we, 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 we involve ourselves so much with theory, but if you can show a child, well, here's why you need to learn such and such. If you can, if you can put a picture to it, not, not, not just a, a, a picture, but application, if you could, Show your child this in practice, and that's going to get them even more excited. So, so I just want to repeat this for our listeners, then, Wally, because it's so so terrific and it's so easy, like you said. So, in every day, we read aloud to our child, we uh, identify their interests, we become good role models ourselves. Instead of just telling our children, "Oh, you can go out and achieve any dream," show show them that we're pursuing our own goals and we're pursuing our own dreams, and that mm-hmm. we have them see us uh, reading and learning. Uh, you talk about learn things together with the children. I suppose that they ask us questions, and we say, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but let's go to the library. Let's go to the Internet. Let's find out the answer to that. Well, help the child find the answer. I don't just tell them the answer. Help the child discover the answer for themselves because uh, there's tremendous excitement in discovery. Oh, that's right. Help them discover the answer. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you talked about practical applications. You know, why is it important? Why is it helpful to know this? and to do this. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Now, do you have any top things to avoid? Any advice for us? If we want to raise lifelong learners and we want to motivate our children, what should we avoid doing? Well, I think you should avoid negative words. <laughs> you know, so often, the word a child hears more often than anything else is no. Don't do this. No, 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 no. Now, Obviously, a child at an early age needs some guidance and some discipline, uh, uh, and, and, and you need to watch over them because, you know, there's some things that, some information they just don't have yet. But, 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 but there's a, there's, there's, there has to be another way that, that, uh, um, an answer can be phrased rather than just no. No is so final, it's, it's so definite, it doesn't leave room for anything. And, 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 and so often we do that, too, because we're impatient, and what we want to do is get the child out of the way. So um, I think that we must, we must look for ways to say yes to the child and also to, to compliment the child when the child does something that's um, uh, extraordinary or that's positive uh, um, um, rather, rather than, 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 than just, you know, brushing it aside. But so catch every, them being good. Notice when the bed was made, not just when it's unmade. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, 
I, I met a, um, a superintendent of schools in Oakland, California, and he'd come up through the educational system there. And he said when he was a teacher, he would imagine that students walking down the hallway would always have the initials MMFS stamped on their forehead, and that stands for Make Me Feel Special. So often, it is just the opposite. We make our children feel horrible. We make them feel guilty. Um, we make them feel useless. We don't build them up. Uh, but how many, how many, how many ways can you make them feel special? How many times during the course of the day can you make your child feel special? Can you make them feel that they can do anything, that all things are possible, you know? And you, you, you do that by, by encouraging, I think, by complimenting, um, by focusing on, on, on positive aspects of their lives rather than um, highlighting negative aspects of their lives. I suppose the 80-20 rule would apply here as well. In other words, uh, compliment 80% of the time and yes. then maybe only criticize 20% of the time and then make sure we're being very gentle when we do it. Indeed. And, and, and if you do criticize, then... Then let that be an educational experience also, so that the child knows why you're not just too often we are just critical and we don't really you know talk it out so that, so the child can see that understand why we are being critical. Um, so it, it can all be a part of an education. We interviewed uh, Robert Kiyosaki last week, the author of Rich Dad. Oh, I know Dad. Robert. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yes, and of course he talks about avoiding negative words and phrases as well. And he mm -hmm. says, for example, don't never say I can't. No. Instead, ask how can I? I used to tell my daughter. I said, No, we are the Can family. I said the Can family live next door to us, but they moved away. I said we're the Can family. We believe that everything is possible. We believe in looking for ways for answers and solutions. And so um, I think it's important to you know. To, to really do things like that with your children. To, your words are so powerful. Your words are so powerful. In my book, um, The Power in You, the last chapter in that book, I just, see on my desk, I just pulled it out, and I had uh, The Power in Words. We, we take our words for granted, but your words are how you communicate with other people. I have plus words and minus words. Um, because your words are how you communicate with other people. Here's a thought also. I remember going to a church once, and uh, a Sunday school teacher was demonstrating to a class how important words were. And, and, that, and that once you say them, you know, I mean, you can't take them back. And we say things to people, and then we say, oh, well, I didn't mean to say that. But once it's said, you can't take, you can't take it back. And she took some sugar and dissolved it in a glass of water. And she said, you know, your words are like this sugar. I just dissolved this sugar in this water, and I can't, I, I can no longer make this sugar solid again. This sugar now is gone. And your words, once your words leave your mouth, you can't reach out, grab them, and put them back in your mouth. So it's really, really important, whether you're speaking to your children or to other people, obviously, that you want to use words that are encouraging, and words that are supportive, words that are loving, words that are life-affirming, because um, 
they're just so powerful. And, and I suppose in addition to focusing on avoiding negative words, also it's that law of attraction that you're talking about, that what you put your focus on, you attract more of. Right. And I remember not, reading you know, an I'm, interview I'm, with Mother Teresa where um, someone had invited her to be a part of their protest. Mm-hmm. And she said, when you tell me what you're for, I'll be there to support you and be a part of that. Right. So, so it's not avoiding negative words. It's just affirming the positive. Yes. Um, for so many years uh, during my involvement with literacy, people were saying, well, you know, we are fighting illiteracy. I said, no, we're not. We are promoting literacy. Yes. Because what you resist persists. People don't understand that that's the law of the universe. It's the thing you resist the most, you're giving power to it, so it grows in yes. your life. So focus on what you're for, not on what you're against. Amen. Which is why, of course, you're going to focus on the children's behavior that you want. Right. Catch them being motivated to learning and learning independently and reading, focusing on the behaviors that we want more of. Absolutely. You know, it just makes so much sense, but of course, we've been, we haven't been raised that way. We've not been raised that way, no. I have a friend that puts it a very simple way. She said, direct the traffic the way it's going. What does that mean? Well, if the traffic is going one way, direct it in that way. Don't try to push it back. Direct the traffic in the way that it's going. If you've got traffic going one way down a one-way street, then you're going to continue to direct the traffic in that way. So the idea is then to use positive reinforcement all the time. Ooh, I love that. That's very powerful. In fact, it was so profound, it took me a minute to kind of wrap myself around it. (laughs) Well, you know, we're talking about how to motivate the kids. And aren't we talking also about uh, passion, how to, how, to, how to develop a passion in what we do, and then how to help our children have a passion for what they do? What, what are your secrets for that? Because obviously you've lived a very passionate life, and it's worked so well for you. But not always, you know. Um, but, but again, I, I think it goes back to being, being the best example that you can be. Um, I, 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 I'm passionate about promoting, I'm passionate about cookies, I'm passionate about people, and not only my children, but other people see that. Being consistent in what you do also is important. It's not a sometime thing. Uh, I think it's important to be positively consistent in what you say and what you think and in what you do and every time because you never know who's watching you. So, you know, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the public's eye, so... I can't be one way with one group and another way with another group. I've got to be really positively consistent all the time in my behavior. And, and, and it is that consistency for the last 30 years, because I've been famous for 30 years, that um, you won't find any negative articles of, of where I've insulted someone or where I've berated or, or, or treated someone in a, in a, in a, in a negative way. Um, my, my, I mean, I, I am what I suggest that other, I, I live my life in the manner that I suggest others live their life also. But it's, it's more than, you know, I don't, I don't want to go around telling people how to live their life. Uh, what I work on doing is being the best Wally Amos that I can be anytime. And if people see that and if they are inspired by that and they see the results that I get and people think that, you know, I've accomplished, had some accomplishments and they say, well, how have you done that? Well, I've, I've, I've done that by being a positive person, really, and, and, and by being enthusiastic about life, by using my imagination, 
um, by being passionate, by doing things that I love to do. Why would I want to spend my each day doing something that was a drag or something that I got no satisfaction from at all? So, so, so talk to our children about value so they discover what their values are, whether it's honesty or integrity or doing what I say I'm going to do. So they identify their values and then they live from their values so that they are uh, consistent. Right, but they can only do that if you see you if they see you live by your values. Too often, you know, we say one thing and then we go do something else. We tell our children that drinking alcohol is not good for them, and yet we'll go drink alcohol. That smoking is not good for them, and yet we'll go smoke. So, I mean, you can't you can't say one thing and be and do something else. You've got to be congruent in, in your, your, your words and your actions. But even if you've only identified like your top five values, it makes decision-making so much easier. For example, if someone, um, uh, we, moms, we want to do everything, we want to make everybody uh, happy, but if doing what we say we're going to do or, or living a balanced life is one of our values, then we can say, oh, thank you for asking me to be a part of that group but I'm just not able to do that right now because it would just throw me out of balance. So it's okay to say no, but I think also it's not living your life so you can make everyone else happy. You know, I'm not responsible for anyone else's happiness, not even my wife or my children. I'm only responsible for Wally's happiness. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I want to be responsible for Wally's joy above all else, not Wally's happiness, because we're happy if things are in order in the physical world, and then as soon as they get out of order, then... You know, um, uh, our happiness is is destroyed and our peace is gone. But I think the joy, again, I'm always looking for what what's inside because it's inside that matters. It's not outside. And joy comes from within. Joy is not predicated on stuff being in order outside of your life, you know. Uh, joy is, 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 if, is if you feel comfortable with who you are, if you're happy with who you are, then... Then that's joy. If you if you've got some type of a spiritual understanding, then then you can be joyful. If if you don't, then you know chances are you won't be. So I, I am not responsible for anyone else's life, um, and yet I do assist people to some degree on on altering their belief system. But simply because of the way I live my life, and people see the results that I get, and they think that those are good results. Yes. Once again, you're modeling. Right. And we're all models, you know. We're all role models. People look at me and they say, "Oh, you're 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 a great role model." You know, you mentioned you mentioned joy, Wally, and I want to talk a little bit about fun as well. We've been interviewing um, 32 of the top uh, homeschooling and education experts in the country, and they all say the same thing. Um, you know, homeschooling your children should be fun. You know, raising your children should be fun. So let's let's talk about that. You know, why why do you think fun is so important in the way we're raising our children, especially if we want to raise lifelong learners? Well, I think fun is important in life. I mean, the opposite, the opposite of fun is depression, <laughs> and we know that that's not fun. <laughs> that's that's not enjoyable. That's not that's not good to have in your life. Um, but it, it's important to feel good about yourself and to feel good about what you're doing. But I think fun is one of the great prerequisites of waking up in the morning. Um, if, 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 if what I'm doing is not fun and the people I'm doing it with are not fun, I'm going to find something else to do and someone else to do it with. Why go through each day and you don't know how many days you got? So why waste them on drudgery and depression and doing things that you don't enjoy? Because we talked earlier 
about, you know, doing things that you're passionate about, uh, uh, about finding what your interests are. So if, if you, if you follow that path, then you will always be following the path of fun and, and enjoyment because you're doing things that, that hold your attention and that you want to do. So that's why it's important for you to choose what you want. Too often, you know, children do what they think their parents want them to do and they choose careers that their, that their parents, uh, 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 direct them to, uh, and they wind up leading an empty existence because we're all individuals, and, and, and we all learn differently. We don't all learn the same. And so we have to, first of all, determine how, how, how does your child learn. I mean, and your child is with you all the time, so observe him. Uh, observe her and, and, and see what, what makes them tick. And, and what is it that they're interested in? Because if you're, if you're doing what you're interested in doing, you're going to do it well. You're going to enjoy doing it. You're going to look forward to doing it every day. And if you're not, you're going to hate to get up. I mean, I remember years ago, I worked at the William Morris office, and I'd been there for a long, I'd been there for almost seven years, and it's a wonderful career there. And then it got to be treasury. I hated going to work. I lived 100 Street in Central Park West. I used to walk to work on nice days because I just wanted to prolong getting there. So, I mean, work shouldn't, that shouldn't, you know, you spend too much time working. Why do you want to do things that, 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 that you're just doing them to make money or you're doing them for someone else and, and, and for other reasons other than the sheer fun and joy of doing them? I think sometimes people are afraid of fun. They think it's going to be frivolous. And we receive these messages in society, the nose-to-the-grindstone approach, the Puritan work ethic, or the school of hard knocks, that something has to be really hard. You have to work hard at something in order for it to be valued. That if it comes too easily or if you have too much fun doing it, it's like it doesn't really count. It's a faulty belief system, you see. And I think also you have to test things out for yourself. You can't go around just believing what others tell you because people are sharing with you from their experiences. And that might be true for them because maybe that's what their experience has been. But that doesn't have to be true for me. I, I want to find out what is the truth for Wally Amos, because that's the way I have to live my life. I can't listen. If you go to a restaurant and you want steak and you allow someone else to order chicken for you, well then you've missed out on the meal of your choice. So you 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 really that's what the, my book Watermelon Magic was about. It was about making your own choices. Your power of choice is the greatest thing you have going. And I think the greatest thing we can give our young people is that understanding. Not have them be carbon copies of us, but have them be authentic um, uh, people, to have them be authentically who they are. And when you give them values, when you, you help them make right decisions, you know, decisions that are going to not only move their lives forward, but help move the lives of other people forward also, because... It's about being a part of community. It's about giving back. It's about philanthropy. It's about serving. You know, uh, I heard a minister friend once, Sam Hines, say that the only reason we exist is to serve one another. It's not how much money you can get, uh, how big a title you can get, uh, how much, how important a job you can get. Those things are all based on low self-esteem. And what we need to do is we need to develop young people who really know who they are and feel good about who they are, 
not about what kind of clothes they wear or where they live or what kind of car they drive. Well, please talk about that a little bit more because low self-esteem is a terrible problem for youth of today. Well, so, how, so how can we prevent it again and, and help our children to know who they are and to feel good about themselves? Because, of course, then they'll be able to resist peer pressure better. And there's so of many course. pressures on the next generation that we didn't have. But that, that comes also from doing some of the things that we've talked about, by focusing on the positive, by focusing on, on, on the things that they do right and not the things that they, they do wrong, not, not, not always saying no. We beat our kids up so much and we criticize them and we condemn them, condemn them and we compare them to other, to other children and to other people and, and you, I, you, you, you can't be compared because there's no one like you. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you compare? I mean, even, even a, a basket of oranges that might all look the same, that's just on the outside, but each orange is uniquely different and if you cut it, if you cut it open, you'll see that the pattern in each orange where it might be similar is very, very different. So each of us is so unique and so different. And I think we need to focus on that part of, uh, of our children. Uh, and, but again, if they see you living that type of belief system yourself, then what do you think they're going to believe? That they are special. But, but so often, you know, we're in dysfunctional families and, and it's just, I mean, it's. <laughs> really, so the secret to motivating our children is catch them being good. And, and be good yourself, and be a good example. You know, I, I think I mentioned it. People always tell me that that I'm a I'm a I'm I'm, I'm a great role model. No, I, I'm no greater role model than than the next person. I might be a role model to more people, but everybody's a role model. And the question becomes, what type behavior are you modeling? And to be gentle and kind with ourselves, because yes. my goodness, I mean, we we say so many horrible negative things to ourselves subconsciously underneath our breath that we would never say to somebody else. You know, you look in the mirror and you say, oh, my gosh, look at those fat thighs. You know, look at this and that. And, and we say terrible things to ourselves. I suppose we need to eliminate that habit right away. Indeed. Here's the definition of that. I was just looking through uh, my book, The Power in You, and one of the chapters is The Power of Self-Esteem. So first off, let's dissect self-esteem. Esteem of self, holding yourself in high regard. Esteem means to think favorably of, to consider valuable. So self-esteem is thinking of yourself as a valuable entity. Why, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, you know, because you are. You're the most valuable you, the most precious you that ever lived. There's nobody like you in the whole wide world. You know, we give more credence to somebody's artwork. We always have a collector's item. Well, they Billions of collector's items walking all over the earth, and 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 we are so demeaning to one another. We just, you know, we kill each other. We we beat each other up, and we disrespect each other. And I think all of that really is is just disrespecting yourself, because we're just in each other's lives as a mirror, reflecting what it is that we need to change and improve upon. And when I criticize or condemn something in you. You're the mirror that's showing me what needs to be changed within myself. You mentioned the book, The Power of You. Do you have any other book recommendations for our listeners, books that have been uh, made a difference for you that you would recommend that we read as well? You know, there is a book written by a friend of mine called, named Jerry Jampolsky. It's called Love is Letting Go of Fear. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's a, so 
so simple, but you know, I mean, the, the Bible says we are created in the image and likeness of God, and that God is love. So that the essence of your being is love, and this book really helps you to to understand that, helps you to to love yourself more, and in turn, when you can love yourself more, guess what? You love everybody in your life more. Of course, it just makes sense. Well, Wally, I want to repeat, I want to open up the call. We have so many people, but I, I really want them to be able to connect with you. So it, once again, your website is www.wallyamos.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, wonderful. And then your uh, book titles, we talked about those, but let me repeat them again in case some people were uh, coming on late onto the call. We have the famous Amos story, the face that launched a thousand ships. The Power in You, which you mentioned, 10 Secret Ingredients to Inner Strength, uh, Man with No Name, Turn Lemons into Lemonade, Watermelon Magic, Seeds of Wisdom, Slices of Life, and The Cookie Never Crumbles, Inspirational Recipes for Everyday Living. Thank you very much for being with us, Wally. Let's open up the call and so you can kind of connect with our listeners. So um, callers, if you would, please, so many people on the call, as you can imagine, uh, please do mute out your phone now, and you can either use the mute button uh, on your phone or press star six, and then come out, and we'll take one question or comment at a time. So if you just want to ask, you want to ask him a question, or you want to add to this discussion, I know everybody would appreciate hearing, hearing your ideas as well. So here we go. I'm going to open up the call. Hi. We, uh, yes. I was wondering what the title was that he just said of a book, Love is Not Something. I didn't get it all. Love is Letting Go of Fear. It was written by Jerry Jampolsky, J-A-M-P-O-L-S-K-Y. It's, it's, you know, when I think if I can recommend one book other than mine, um, uh, I, I would recommend that book. Love is Letting Go of Fear. Thank, Thank you. you. Were you able to hear that fine? Was able to hear it fine. Excellent. Thank you. Next question or comment, please. I have a question for Mr. Amos, who is a great entrepreneur. I just had, I just wanted to know of any um, suggestions he might have for raising children to be entrepreneurs. Any uh, little businesses that he's seen young people start that um, are great for for them to get started mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. Well, but I think again, it goes back to what the, what the child is interested in. So many, so many children, so many people um, want to start a business just so they can make a lot of money. That 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 always seems to be the end result. I think doing what you enjoy doing is more important than making a lot of money. Now, it is important to have a business that is profitable. Otherwise, you cannot stay in business. But, again, I think it goes back to seeing what it is that, that, that interests your child. But, but entrepreneurs, you know, I think crop up early on. And, and if you're watching your child, um, see what is interesting them and, 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 and what it is that they're gravitating towards. Uh, and if, if you if you're an entrepreneur, then you know chances are your child's going to be one also. But not necessarily. None of my children are entrepreneurs. You know, um, I've got one son who's interested in. Uh, he works with boys and girls clubs. I've got another son who's working with a nonprofit group, and another son who's interested in music. I got a daughter who is interested in broadcast journalism. So. It goes back again to we're all different, and and I just think that you got to watch them and encourage them to do things that they love to do. Wonderful. There we go. I've opened up the call again. It was just such a good answer. I wanted to make sure we had a clean line. Did he answer your question? Yes, he did. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
Any other questions or comments before we take a break before our next speaker? I have a comment. Yes, please. I wanted to say I strongly disagree with something he said early on, which was that he's not an educator. <laughs> he is very much an educator and in the truest sense of the word. So thank well, thank you. you very much. I graciously accept your compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that she would disagree as well about you not being a motivational speaker, too, because I do feel very inspired and very motivated. Yes. Absolutely. Excellent. I believe in what I'm saying, and what I'm saying, all I'm doing is sharing my belief and my experiences with people, and I know the route that I've taken to get the results that I've gotten in life and continue to get every day in life. So, yes? Yes, thank you very much. And callers, as you know, we are recording the calls. We know it's four hours a day on the line. It's awfully hard. And so you can order um, this recording with Wally. Pass it on to your friends and your well and your relatives. Uh, it's available at homeschool.com/preorder. Uh, we want as many people as possible to hear these great interviews. And of course, it's our pleasure to record these and make them available for you. And thank you very much, Wally, for allowing us to record Rebecca, your message. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to share some of my ideas with your listeners. And um, I congratulate all you ladies. And gentlemen who are homeschooling their children because um, I think it's a great concept and um, it, it gives them you know some really strong values and a good foundation. So you guys keep up the great work. So Wally, stay on the line just for a moment more. I want to open up the call so people can all say thank you and goodbye to you. Uh, and we're taking a two-minute break, a short break, but then we're coming back with Patricia Carnabusi. She's going to talk about how to use the power of the internet in your homeschool. So please unmute your phones now, star six to unmute, and join me in saying thank you and goodbye to uh, Wally Famous Amos. Thank you, Mr. Amos. Thank you. Thank you, Wally. Have you. a great, great day. Aloha and happy August 1st. Aloha. Yeah. Thank you, Wally. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.